Weirdo Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Unite. Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you! Welcome home. Hi, genre junkies. It's Sandra. And this is Scott. And welcome back to a horror episode. We're back to horror. Uh, it's been like so long. It's actually been a while. It makes me uncomfortable and sad how long it has been since <laughs> I've had a horror book in my life. Horror went from being like our, our mainstay, like almost every episode was horror, to we yeah. really we really did the gamut around some fantasy and And I wanted sci-fi. to be back to mostly horror. Yeah. <laughs> no, just I just kidding. I love all our sci-fi, all of our psychological, all of our fantasy. Love it all. Love it all. But horror is, of course, my life's blood. I, you know, I crave it, and I'm very happy to be back at it. So, and we didn't really read one horror story. Oh no! Why stop at one? We read three. We read three novelettes. This is C.V. Hunt's Horrorama, and um. Well, I mean, they're novelettes, and you know, with this sort of structure, it gets a little a little tricky to talk about it without spoilers, but we're still going to talk a little bit about it, and then the spoiler section will obviously be a bit more in-depth. But before we get started, Scott, did you have anything fun to share with the class? Well, it's not exactly related to That's all okay. of this, but... I have been getting back into Hearthstone recently, <laughs> which is a, a game. It's a it's a it's an online card game by Blizzard, and they just released Classic Mode, which is all the original cards exactly how they originally worked. And I really missed it, and so I've been having some remin- some fun reminiscing with a game that I fell in love with, like I don't know, seven years ago. Yeah, probably about that. Now, is this is it here to stay, or are they going to take Classic Mode away? They the classic mode is here to stay. I'll be interested to see if they kind of do the same thing that they've been doing with World of Warcraft, where they'll start, quote unquote, re-releasing the new expansions as time goes on. So uh-huh. there's almost like a like an expansion cycle that's eight years behind. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that they honestly may just leave it with classic and leave it as it is based on the history. And I'm actually kind of okay with that. I really love Hearthstone. I, I fell off the boat quite a bit. And, you know, I, I haven't bought cards in years now. But right. uh, I really, I still have a full collection from that original release. And I just, I'm I'm really loving it. Oh. Well, um, let's see. I don't know if I have anything really super exciting to share either. Uh, Pascal bit me. So (laughs) not my first lizard bite by a long shot, but my first time being bit by a grumpy chameleon. Um, For those of you who... I'm sure you all know our, our little chameleon guy. He's a veiled chameleon. He's had a rough start of his first few years of life, and he's here with us. And as I like to say, he's not here for a long time, but he's here for a good time. And he just doesn't, you know, we have to handle him a little bit for cleaning his cage and stuff. And he just, I don't know, he didn't like the position he was in. And so he thought, you know, biting my finger would be a good way to let me know that um he and this it's like i kind of knew this like he likes to be up high like you have to hold him like above your head above your head yeah. basically because so, you know they're they're worried about birds eating them and stuff so but that's okay we love him so much we love our grumpy grumpy lizard it is very weird to me though because he has the mouth of a trout he and does have the mouth of it. Literally a trout. It looks like the mouth of a trout and it kind of creeps me out <laughs> because I have 
pulled many a hook yeah. from the mouth of a trout right. in my lifetime. He's like, you're going to hook me, Dad? You're going <laughs> to hook me? <laughs> it's our grumpy old man. Stitchy is being really good. She's sitting here producing. Sweetheart's waiting for dinner. So as soon as we finish this episode, he gets to he gets to eat. <laughs> That's impetus. <laughs> so um, let's talk about... Let's talk about... C.V. Hunt's Horrorama. So this is three novelettes uh, by A.S. Coomer, Lucas Mangum, and Matt Harvey. Um, all of them use uh, he, him pronouns, just FYI. So the idea behind this, uh, this is called C.V. Hunt's Horrorama, right? C.V. has a little introduction here at the start of the um of the novelettes and she talks about why she kind of made horrorama and it's because basically it's missing out from the pandemic on her favorite kind of film festival thing so she's a massive real horror fan like so many of us um and uh she's the she owns grindhouse press yes yeah and this is her publication house so how cool is that? So that's kind of the idea here is putting together three stories to kind of almost like a little love letter to horror fans that, you know, through so much of the pandemic, we didn't get to attend cons and screenings and, you know, drive-ins sometimes we did or, you know, just kind of that like really nostalgic getting together with people to celebrate horror movies. The way that she talked about having a local cult film uh, host, yes, I thought was really cool. And like, it me, it, like <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like myself, I never, ha- I never really experienced that as a kid, but I really got it and I yeah. understood it because we, we have people like that in our area. We do. We have creature features here in the Bay Area. Um, we also have Neil. Well, Neil, yes, Neil, my co-host, Neil and Caleb and I over at the Colt Show. But I mean, you know, so I can, so I kind of am that. Yeah, I kind of am a horror. I am a horror hostess. I am. You're you're Elvira. You're, you're Sonoma County's Elvira. And I <laughs> grew up loving Elvira so so much. So yeah. that's a full circle moment here at Genre Junkies. <laughs> I also just want to give a little shout out to her author bio on Goodreads. Um, she writes unpopular fiction in her spare time. <laughs> I am so obsessed with that. I, I actually, I really liked all of the bios it, it, for the novelettes yeah. too. I, I don't know. It's just something about, there's like, it's really fun and I don't know, short and sweet on these. And there's also a really cool list in the back of other Grindhouse Press titles. There's which, a lot. Yeah, which I really appreciate because... I mean, you know, you could easily look these things up, but there's something about, you know, when they're in your physical books to be like, look at these lists physically. So I want to talk about, first of all, none of these uh, novelettes are like connected in any way. This isn't like a wraparound anthology or anything like that. There are three kind of standalone things, but there is some some ties that bind. First of all, this is one of the best covers front and back. (laughs) It's really well done. It, not only the imagery that's yeah. on it, but the texture oh, of so the cover matte. matches what it's representing. It's so matte and creamy. And okay, so what it looks like is if you are pulling a black VHS tape out of a dirty old, like, you know, the the kind they were like, you got to tape stuff off TV. Yes. Like you're pulling it out of one of those little paper cases 
It's got like the little stripes of warm color. It looks dirty. Like it looks dirty. And it wraps all the way around the spine and the back. And it's just so cute and nostalgic. And it will look so nice if you collect books too. Um, so I guess we should kind of say our experience score. Okay. I will go ahead and start. Uh, this book is very much written for the horror head. Yes. And I myself am not one of those. I thought this was a good read. I enjoyed it. And there's a lot of there's a lot of joy that I got from the ideas that were presented. Yeah. But this is very heavily targeted towards a a reader who is not me. <laughs> so is that what it's a good read it's a good read okay okay so for me this was an obsession (laughs) nothing short um one other thing that's really fun about the physical copy of the books you can get it as an ebook as well is they have these little pages throughout that look like it's tv guide like (laughs) i highly recommend that you read the entire image oh my god they're so funny they're very funny they're tongue-in-cheek deliberately there's always like a little you know special encore performance primitive which is like the the middle story channel 83 and it's all kind of like a little bit of like stuff that's on during halloween is the vibe and i haven't looked at a tv guide and i don't even know how long no i feel like there's a whole generation unfortunately who won't understand the reference right and i mean we we came in at i would say the tail end of tv guide in our lives but um my my grandma loved tv guide and she would always buy the tv guide and that was like one of those things as a little kid I always read it cover to cover. I practiced reading on the TV guide um, and probably because I liked that it had pictures and stuff in there. But I mean, it just like it has the little icons. It has everything that just looks like the goddamn TV guide. It's really well done. Clean the time. I mean, it's it's, it's the time, the channels. It's amazing how when, how it's been probably... 20 years plus since I've set eyes on a TV guy and I know how to read that. And (laughs) yeah. And I, I imagine too, that it was like, I I think TV guide, I I don't know if it's still being published. It is not anymore. Yeah. And it changed its format and it kind of was more like a traditional magazine toward the end of its life. But um, yeah, it's just, just funny, just funny TV guide. I remember, (laughs) I remember you rest in peace, TV guide. Um, so I think that actually we can kind of jump <laughs> jump to that, which is a little unusual. But the appeal score, I would definitely say, <laughs> I think we're on the same page. Yes, yeah. it, this is this is niche, yeah. and it's the it's the best type of niche. It is. It's absolutely the best type of niche. This was if you're a horror fan, you will appreciate this this collection very much. Yeah. Um. It is scary. It's, it is. It's, it's creepy it's and fun, fun and inventive. Very inventive. Which I love. There's like familiar concepts, but they're kind of um, exploited a little in a, in a good way. And kind of turned up to 11 yes. in a respect. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the stories as well, but especially the first book. Yeah. Uh, it It's not just one idea. It's all the ideas turned up to the maximum. Yes. This, this weird, beautiful cauldron of of creepiness. So one thing that um I kind of wanted to say, this isn't 
exactly a content warning, but I wanted to give kind of my own little little content warning here is, you know, in this day and age, we all want to be really inclusive and kind in the way we talk to people and each other. And you and I are really big on that Mm -hmm. uh, personally. Um, I will say that a little bit throughout these three novelettes, particularly in the first one, there is some language, some words, some descriptors used that is not the way I would talk in life or not the way I would like people around me to talk. Kind of mean-spirited a little bit. But it's one of those things. I was in the shower and I was thinking about this today. And I was like, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. Because first of all, I don't ever believe in censoring like a book or anything but it's like the way sometimes people are the way characters are it's not even indicative of the author yeah it's not saying that this is right or wrong this is how this character talks i think it's it's you kind of get what i'm saying i get exactly what you're saying because i agree there are points in this in this book that i felt a little icky yeah, not not like crazy icky, but I, you know, I kind of like. Where is this going? Is this really like where 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 are we going here? Yeah. And sometimes it surprises you. Where sometimes it, goes. it pays off. Yes. yes, but it's one of those things to remember, and that's kind of the beauty of, of books specifically, is that you're you're in these characters shoes and you might not like these characters you might not have anything in common with them but you're learning a story from them and from their point of view and i think that's very important to keep in mind one of the nice things about horror is that is and horror readers is you you get used to not having to be in love with the main character of a story yes there is not a hero of the story necessarily when right. it comes to horror. And even the person who is the main protagonist is not necessarily a great person. Yeah. And it's scary and a little uncomfortable to be inside of their heads sometimes. Right. But that's the point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just, I can't stress that enough that, you know, every reader's got to make that choice for themselves, you know, what kind of voice they're comfortable with. But just remember, too, it's it's a character. It's a character. Yep. It's not anybody saying this is how you should talk to other people and go through life like this. And all three of these novelettes are so, so much fun and so, so much enjoyment. I don't say this to scare anybody, but I think it's fair to let people be a little bit aware. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I agree. And I was kind of thinking of the same way how I wanted to say that as well. Yeah. If you're looking for uh, for stories that are comp- or that are sensitive and inclusive, yeah, this is not that book. This is um, this uses some of that stuff to effect in its horror. Yeah. Yeah. So don't be scared, but just be warned. <laughs> be scared of the stories and just enjoy the weird ride from these characters point of view, I guess. Okay, so what what else should we cover in this first half here? Uh, as always, I don't want to give too much away. Should we just kind of give a tiny synopsis for each novelette? I think we should. So the first story in this delightful, uh, delicious, delicious trio of novelettes that I love so, so, so much is A.S. Coomer's story, uh, Store All Self-Storage, which I love that name, first of all. I think that's just because you're like, Store All Self-Storage? <laughs> what the hell? This is a horror novelette? There, there's something in it, There's something mysterious and a little bit creepy about what's behind 
the doors of storage units. Absolutely. You never know the kind of the kind of creepy and weird stuff that strangers are keeping in these storage units. Yes. We have a storage unit and you'll never know what's in mm-hmm. it. <laughs> well, well, now imagine if you're working the night shift at one of those places and all the people who come by. And it's a very shadily run <laughs> one too. Yeah. Like there's not a lot of rules and uh, not a lot of protocol. Um, and, and yeah, it's just kind of like, it's a great jumping off point for a horror story. The middle novel is Primitive by Lucas Mangum. And this is, let's say, a, a werewolf tale. It's that, yes, that's the closest way that I think that we can synopsize that um, yeah. without spoiling too much. And um, it's ugh, all of these are fun. All of these are really fun. I can't say that enough about this collection. I will say, um, in regards, I think I think Sandra and I have different different moments in this in this collection that hit us in regards to that uh, content warning. Yeah, the second book is the one that really came to mind for me. Oh, but uh-huh. I encourage you if you're thinking of skipping over it because uh, because of some of the uncomfortable subjects and don't don't skip it just finish it just go through finish it go on the journey trust your author yes (laughs) and the last one my favorite and we'll talk about that later is the vessel by matt harvey which is a story of um cult a cult (laughs) not occult like but a A cult a literal cult which of course, you know that's, Sandra is here for. That's my favorite horror subgenre is anything to do with cults. So um, I was very, very happy <laughs> with that story. I can't wait to talk about it in the spoilers section. I, you know, before we go into spoilers, I just kind of want to say one more thing about my experience with this kind of collection. Sure. I've never read a novella collection with just three stories in it before. I know that they exist. They're totally out there, but it's kind of a new thing for me. I kind of like that experience of of having a, a little a little collection of stories with longer premises to just kind of enjoy in a you know over a weekend or you know in an afternoon. Absolutely. And this just, this is, this is short too. I mean, it's like 202 pages. This goes down real easy. This goes down real easy. And I'm so excited to talk to you about it because I have a prediction that despite all the stuff we were talking about, I think Primitive is your favorite. We'll find out in the spoiler section. Ah, Okay. See you there. Go read this book. Get C.V. Hunt's Horrorama and support independent horror. Hey, Bookworm Buddy, don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review. And while you're at it, find us on Instagram at Genre Junkies. Welcome to the spoilers section, friends. Okay, let's get into it. Store all self-storage. So just um, right off the bat, like I said, this I, I love this concept for a story of this guy who's got this crummy job he's a writer he's struggling writer and he needs some extra money um and so he takes this job as the quote-unquote night watchman i love that they they don't tell him what to do they don't they don't tell him anything he's just gotta be there 
and so like he's doing his rounds like i mean he's like freaking trying to like you know be responsible at this stupid place and then the the things he sees um i mean it's it's a great open concept where you could go anywhere with what's happening in this storage facility i really like the concept of this story uh it goes to a lot of different places with with the the blob woman and the (laughs) the serial killer like it has a lot of ideas around it i would have liked this to have been spread out as an overarching meta plot in a short story collection okay i I, you know I, i really liked the ideas that were there but i I wanted more from it. Okay. I wanted more explanation as far as all of the things that were happening. I think it pays off a bit that, it, you know, the things all kind of tie together about the world being built on blood. And it's, yes. you know, it's it's very eldritch horror kind of yes, an idea. Yes, yes, Uh But it would be a really good wrapper for lots of little short stories that all revolve around store all self storage. I think that that is, um, I think that's a good point. And there's um, a certain level of ambiguity to this story, which I think uh, people are either going to dig like I do or, or it'll frustrate them. Right. Um, you know, kind of that ambiguity. Uh, what are the vampire, those weird vampires in the pods? Okay. Award for best description of a of a living creature yeah absolutely goes to this story for yes. this year so far i can 100% visualize yes. these electromagnetic vampires yes. and their asshole mouths <laughs> it's so funny that is hilarious and that's not what i'm talking about with offensive either is it no no no, no, no. not at all no so uh, what bothered me um now that we're in the spoiler section is i just didn't like the the fat phobia vibes i didn't like that you know and i get that these bosses are shitty and fucking strange (laughs) they're really really strange but um just kept talking about how ugly and fat they were and they Mm -hmm. waddled and stuff like that and that that bothered me because again this is this character who's a miserable, unhappy person. And so this is his projection, right? Um, but it just kind of was like, you know, I don't like people like that in life. I don't I don't like that. I, I you know, if you don't like people, there's other ways to not like them besides their physical appearance. I, I agree because they were clearly very strange and kind of they're they're awful. They're, they're weird. They're, they're, they are. <laughs> yeah. But really, let's list let's list the items that made them weird. They were short and definitely and wanted people to come in with their applications in person and just hired people say on short, site. You don't mean height wise. You mean brusque. Just brusque. Yes. <laughs> um, and they don't want to talk. Yeah, they don't want to talk. Um, they don't want to tell them how to do the job. Yeah. So like them as employers is weird. Yeah. Uh, they have a centerfold pasted up on a window. Which I mean, that part's more like, yeah. of course they do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And according to. According to the main protagonist, they are fat and ugly. Yeah. Those are the three things that are used to describe these characters as being unlikable, and that's yeah. kind of unfortunate. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I yeah, it just kind of bums me out. I just don't like to read that. I just don't like to read that. And in a lot of other contexts, that sort of thing could be way way more troubling to me. I wasn't that troubled by it, but I wanted to acknowledge that, you know, here at Genre Junkies, we're a little kinder. We believe in kindness. Yeah. Um, but 
I think that A.S. Coomer is a great author. Very funny, too. A lot of funny parts. Green blobs, electromagnetic vampires. What else was out there? That's <laughs> actually a line from the book. Um, totally, all of these authors, I want to read more from them. I, I think that I love all of his little his little weirdos in this book, but I think what really sings is the the man in leather. And I mean, just because this character is so committed. Yeah. And I, lo- and I love how he kind of goes along with it and almost like wants to be his protege. Like, no, I, I maybe I could do it. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> does. He doesn't but- want to. He doesn't actually want to. He doesn't have the capability to, but he's like along for the ride. Right, right. I, I pictured Miss- Mr. Dennison being played I just by- can't his first yeah. name. <laughs> I-, I played him being played by Tim Roth. I I got a little bit of a, you know, turned down to about uh six. Like young Tim Roth? Yeah, like yeah. from that from that horror movie the horror movie collection that it's we not watched. Horror. The four rooms? Four rooms. It's yeah. Not horror. It wasn't horror, but yeah. yeah. But I kind of pictured I kind of pictured his character from four rooms just like it's kind of a long for the ride kind yeah. of guy. You yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah. Yeah, like he kind of gets sucked into this. Oh, they call him Ohm, the uh the hard harvester of sorts um and i love that i mean he kind of was like i don't think you have the stomach for this but you can tell my story and that's important and i appreciated how like i said just how committed ohm was to his mission um definitely like i said my favorite part and the killing was real fun and gory and descriptive and how you know he just has that holy righteousness about him that I have to do this. And then, of course, at the end, it's just such a great payoff that the story gets finally published in in a magazine and says um, in the letter to the editor, all will be well, the harvest has come. O dot M. I like the idea that the whole magazine was basically the idea is true stories around this yeah this kind of this universe that's been created another yeah. reason where i i feel like this author must have written this with anthology ideas in mind because mm-hmm. that's two anthology rappers in one now yeah you've got an anthology rapper with the storage and then you have an anthology rapper for the magazine i, I feel like this could go places in in a in a stronger sense with short stories in between right 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 um uh, and i love that gerald is is in on the whole thing too you know and like ohm like knew who that was you know and it's a small world yeah and then we have like the blob who's like the blob lady who she's kind of like she's not really part of it but she's kind of part of it it's like she's you know she's a creature and, and i love that concept and that that's where she goes to like eat her people (laughs) um i don't know yeah it's just such a fun concept and uh i i appreciate of all the places you could take this self-storage idea he took it to this eldritch place really cool so the second story in the collection is the one that i was kind of thinking was going to be your favorite which is primitive by lucas mangum uh I thought it was going to be my favorite when I first started it as well. Um, it it really rubbed me the wrong way pretty quickly and then redeemed itself by the end. And that's what it was supposed to do. And I think I think that's the one that I will I think I think this is the one that I'm going to think about six months from now and remember 
more than the more than the others. Mm. I wouldn't say it's the one I enjoyed the most. I guess the reason I thought you it would be your favorite is because it's about some guys who are old friends getting together for a camping trip. Absolutely. And that is another great jumping off point for a horror. It's classic in the woods, you know, away from civilization. They get to the campground. They're not intending to stay at the campground. They're just kind of leaving the RV there because they want to go. They're better than that, They're right? Be They're out in the yeah, world. like we can handle this like type of type of energy. That's how I want to be. <laughs> I mean, come on, <laughs> exactly. I appreciate it. I get it. it. Um, not that it needs to be, you know, pointed out. You know, people can draw their own conclusions, but I appreciated that we know this is a diverse group of people in this yeah. um, in this story too. Which I mean, it, again, I just I appreciate that. I, uh, like, I tip my hat. Like, thank you for making sure you state the diversity in in mm-hmm. the group. Um, I this is another character, the lead here. You don't like him? No, you don't. Because and- he's. I mean, he. Here's the thing you do find compassion and room for him in your heart. But I mean, he's just kind of a sad sack, right? He's kind of like, he's this divorcee. He's bitter. He's um, envious, you know? And you're just kind of like, dude. There's things about him that I related to, not necessarily my proudest character traits, but there's there's thought processes and and things that he says and thinks that I I at least have a frame of reference and relate to whether yeah. what but he goes into kind of he goes into some very homophobic uh places, places. at first. Well, yes, at first. Yeah. And I was really I was really uncomfortable, particularly because some of those homophobic things happened after the author had a little bit of a a little bit of a moment through the through the protagonist's quote unquote eyes about how you know someone who tore apart a book that he wrote because yeah basically it wasn't woke right and he was very bitter about that and then proceeded to think at least some pretty homophobic things about his gay friend like you know you know yeah he's gay and we found that out but as long as you know he doesn't touch my dick it's fine it's like that's really a poisonous that's really a poisonous thought yes yes but but <laughs> <laughs> so that's where the, i i don't want to say payoff but it's a payoff comes in because not only is he also trying to say like yeah i kind of did this but i don't i don't hate gay people and all of that and you appreciate that and then you realize it's it's it's, internalized homophobia exactly and it feels very deliberate of course from the author and you know he's just kind of like well, he's um, he doesn't put a label on himself, but we would draw conclusions of him being bisexual, yeah. um, which is totally fine. Yeah. And he actually talks about the difficulty of being bisexual and how women, like the women that he knows, would be really put off by that. Yeah. And I get the feeling that this these characters are a little bit older than us. I'm not positive, but I think they are. And and I know that that is a common thing you hear from a lot of bisexual men, which is fucking crazy to me. I mean, it wouldn't bother me in the least if a guy was bisexual or, or you know, anything. But um, you kind of see that 
Brian actually really meant something to him. And he says it. He he yeah. says those words. Yeah, very much so. He like It was like a part of his future dying. Yes. And it's like, he really did have that yeah. inside of him where he, he loved him and he yeah. thought about that. And when I, and I think you're right. It's not so much that it's a payoff. It's that we've read, I've read plenty of stories about crummy men and the way that they think and the way that they totally. talk with guys. And frankly, I'll admit it. I live that life. Like I'm, you do, I, you do. There's nothing wrong with absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't really need to read about more of those same homophobic thoughts, but yeah. it's refreshing to actually see it like, well, th- I mean, honestly, th- to see it be presented from someone who who is queer. Yes. It's very refreshing in yeah. a way. Yes. Because that's very real. Yes. And maybe kind of this bravado overcompensation mm-hmm. you know because he he's uncomfortable and so then i you know i had more room in my heart for him compassion wise um i then got more room in my heart for him compassion wise when you really realize he loves his son and part of the reason that he's a he's a bitter bitch of a man <laughs> a bitchy bitchy man is because He's losing out on his life with his son. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And then my heart opened more for him when he wouldn't take an offer from Court Boggs. Yeah, that surprised me. It surprised the hell out of me. I mean, dude, I think, I mean, he did say you could ask for anything. So you could have maybe asked that, hey, can I just not be a, a werewolf anymore? But he was like, nah, man, <laughs> this stuff gets fucked up. <laughs> I mean, I just kind of lived it and I'm about to live it for the rest of my life. I, and now. that's the right choice is because those sorts of deals, it always comes with a price. If you weren't going to be a werewolf, he'd make you some other weird creature that would be worse. Like, I mean, it just, it was the right thing to do. And you just kind of, his bitterness and everything, like I said, you really just kind of, okay, I see, I see. And it feels real, you know, how he got to that point. And, and also when we learn more about how, you know, he's, he's a lot more liberal thinking than his wife and his wife has gotten really Zach's now has gotten really sucked into her church and stuff. And he's kind of like, my life did not go how I thought it was going to go. But I also appreciate, you know, we we have a somewhat sympathetic uh, presentation of someone who is atheist, liberal, you yeah. know, very California blue, but is still not a great person yes there's a lot you know there's a lot of black and whiting out there of you know whatever side you're on the side you're on is you know satin white and the other side is evil yeah and and i said it earlier and i cannot state enough i cannot state enough you do not have to like the characters in the book you do not have to like the lead characters Mm -hmm. and some of the best Stories are told from characters that you don't like or you don't trust, as we've talked about with unreliable narrators. And that's the point. You're going on a ride. You're going on entertainment. It doesn't have to be that this author or anyone else is telling you this is this is an ideal, wonderful person, right? It's a it's a slice of this person's life. And of course, I love I love a court Boggs like character. I love these devilly characters 
makes you an offer you seemingly can't refuse, right? Love that. Love that stereotype, that archetype, I should say. Something else I want to point out about this book that I really uh I really want to commend was that it was very graphic and visual. Yes. Um it, all of the gore was incredibly <laughs> was was incredibly uh explicitly detailed. Yes. But I you know, more than just that, like the way that people, the, the way that, that he felt and the way that that everything moved just felt so real and like, I felt like I lived it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I felt like I lived it, man. Um, I was also very appreciative and I feel that this is deliberate, like conscious decision, but maybe not, that Lucas decided to not make the wolf spirit um, sexually assault yeah. Luca. She's like, it was great. <laughs> it was weird, but I liked it, you know? And, and I, I appreciate that because I feel like it so easily could have gone into the assault realm mm-hmm. and that is almost expected. And I, and I like that it didn't. I think that was kind of cool. And even the second time she said it didn't go quite like it did the first time, but... Eh, it wasn't all bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I'm like, I, I mean... It's, it sounds interesting. <laughs> Let me just say that. Um, and then, of course, I love this end too. That you know, what's what's going to happen? Well, now now he's a werewolf. Now he's a werewolf. I guess that's just his life now. But um, I appreciate that. I appreciate that he's just going in. I also really liked. Was it Hank's little scary story about his uncle? I freaking loved that. That was really... I think about that. I think about that. I think about it. This, that was good. It was really, yeah. really good. And I feel like there's a story... There's more... There's there's even more story there. Like, maybe there's a tie-in to another story. It actually kind of just made a, sh- a literal spine tingle go down my back thinking about that story. There's a line... There, there's, there's a part in the book where the main protagonist says, she's, he's talking about that short story, and he's like, there's imagery in that that he could never put down onto a page. Yes. And I'm just like, yeah, and I don't know how this guy just did. Yes! <laughs> like, but that you is, did! That is really specific. <laughs> yeah, that's... um. When I say I love twisted people and I'm twisted, that's like, Lucas, my hat to you, sir. I doth my cap to you. Like, that was pretty weird. And that's, and it feels real. Like, again, it feels real. And the way Hank tells it is that it's real. He can't explain it, but this is a thing that happened. Okay, let's talk about (laughs) my favorite. Now, was this your actual favorite? This was my favorite. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, which is The Vessel by Matt Harvey. I mean... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I mean... L- let's let's start with the fact that it takes place in our backyard, Literally in our hometown. Take, yeah, it takes place in Sonoma County. There, it, it, so much so that there's actually little things that are like, well, that, that's, that doesn't exist. That's not a thing. Right. <laughs> right. You, right. In the best way, like the place they stay, I don't think that's a real place. Well, no, because well, yeah. they're definitely using for some of them, like the hotels yeah, are, yeah, are yeah. Um, but like uh, kind of like store all self-storage. It's kind yeah. of an amalgamation of ideas. But like, oh, pulled off the one-on-one into an abandoned Foster's Freeze. I'm like, as far as I'm aware, there's only one Foster's Freeze and it's still open. <laughs> I think there's two, but I get what you're saying. It's besides the point. And it's not off the one-on-one. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, I, yeah, I love that. It takes place in Bodega Bay and Sonoma yeah. County, and um, and it's just so lovely, um, because it's just such a nice little nod and i appreciate i appreciate the nod and yeah. the recognition and then especially bringing bodega bay into it because of course a lot of horror fans know bodega bay from the birds as well so i love another horror venue set there you know that is a horror venue i should say so it's a cult check that eldritch horror check that that's all well and good it's weird it's weird it's icky but then you have to give me hicks Hicks, who is now my new book boyfriend. I, what a great character. He has now, like, he is up there now with Judas Coin as my book boyfriends. I am such a book crush on Hicks. I love him. <laughs> I just feel like, I just feel like Matt wrote this for me and he wrote Hicks for me. And I really appreciate it, Matt. Thank you for the lovely gift. Um, especially there's a, a couple of things that Hicks said that I, I just love and sticks with me. And one is that he will never again be basically a slave to a supernatural entity. Real or not. Real or not. And that when he is faced with something that's real, he, she, it is an asshole. <laughs> I, like that just really sums up a lot of how I feel about religion and spirituality is because for me, I'm not going to worship something that is mean and cruel and I won't be a slave to something either like that. And so it just was like, Hicks, could you stop it? Because I can't love you more. And then at the end of the book, I love him more. And so it's just like, I, I just, I don't know what to do, Matt. I don't know why you did this to me, Matt. Where am I supposed to go now, Matt? I need <laughs> Hicks in my life. I want an entire series of Hicks because, I mean, not only is he a great character and a great concept, but the I, the idea of an, of a religious deprogrammer, like going into like a, like mysteries to find people and yeah. and like go into these cults and go into these sects and pull people out and but maybe he, even find some real yeah, real, real stuff, stuff along the way yeah. is just a brilliant idea. But he's also packing heat <laughs> <laughs> and kind of like kicking things asses a little, and so that makes it more even more fun. Yeah. Um I I really liked this cult too. It was it was weird. Like I said, I can't say that enough, but it's just weird. All of these stories are weird in the most wonderful way. And I love how it kind of turns out what's her name? Annika is like, well, th that wasn't what was supposed to happen. And the master's like, yeah, the elder didn't really know what he was saying. One of the things that I liked about it is at the end of the day, the master wasn't necessarily bad. Kind of ambivalent. You know, Annika saved her um, and she obviously cared about her children and Annika's child. Yeah. But she slayed this entire sect of cultists who were yeah. basically after this for power, whereas yeah. Annika was a true believer and really just truly cared about. Yeah. And, and and so, yeah, she slayed everybody else because, you know, they weren't really true believers. And I think Hicks has that line, something on that in the books, too, where all of these religious groups, all of them, sex, money, power, that's all they that's all they want and um looking for their seventh wife 
And so they, yeah, the master ends up taking Annika and the uh, the kids with with them into the ether, into the unknown. And it's like, you know what? We may never see them again. That may never come back to Earth. That might never be a thing. That might never be in this dimension again. And kind of like now we're like Hicks, right? Where it's like just another one. It's just another weird thing that happens. And then, of course, you know, he gets bailed out at the end onto the next adventure. And he's so, like, lackadaisical <laughs> about it. Um, I really appreciate that. And it's an older hero, too, which I always like that as well. You don't, you don't see that a whole lot in books. Um, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about especially this last story. And it was... I love that it was... Um, it was like a, a viscous ickery thing, you know? It was it was very gross and at the uh, very beginning you... very violent, but it was also kind of sensual and empowering. Yeah, it was another thing that um it made her feel very um It made her feel good. It made her feel good and it made her feel you know, like she kind of was seeking sensual touch, which is very corny to say, but y'all know what I mean if you've read it. And I like that too. Again, something that could have been a salty kind of turning into something a little bit more empowering. Yeah. That this happens to just this very average suburbanite mom. Like I, I kind of like that too, you know? Yeah. Like it's not a it's not a sexy character, right? It's like a very average person that gets taken into this. Um and of course this the sicko and me I love uh Annika looking at the the body <laughs> in bags. And I love that she's like she's still human enough to be like, what does she see in him? What does the vessel see in this guy? Like there was there's some good humor in there. Um also they ate at In and Out. Yeah. <laughs> love that. Love that. The tiger fries. I might call them that from that now was so on. Funny. He's like suitable fries. <laughs> <laughs> and now I want in and some out. in and out. I want a double double. Uh, you know what? I, that's what Scott gets it in and out. I get, what do I get, Scott? Grilled cheese. With whole grilled onion. Yeah. And it's so good. And I put my French fries in it and I make a little sandwich with my French fries in there. <laughs> Best French fries because they're really potatoes. <laughs> I know. And I know there's like a whole thing because the people that don't have it, I think they have Whataburger or something that we don't have. Mm -hmm. And so like they like to kind of come for us with our in and out. But I'm just like, if they can, if they can produce like my my In and Out does with my grilled cheese, maybe we'll have that discussion, people. But I, not a lot of places give me that grilled cheese like it's all that. All about the secret menu. It's all about the I'm secret about menu. The secret menu. I could get my, I could get those good fries. <laughs> and if you don't like In and Out fries, which a lot of it's very polarizing. Why don't we you like real to, potatoes? But you can get them well done, which is the double fried style, like you would get. Um, from a McDonald's Blasphemy. or such. Blasphemy. I prefer their fries just as they make them. <laughs> I think you, like, I think I, that's something over, like, 15 years that I've beaten into you is to like the In-N-Out fries. In-N-Out fries are the only fries that Sandra and I agree on. Sandra likes, you know, floppier fries. Basic, I like yeah, really I like crispy it, fries. I like, like, a really mushy fry. Yeah, you, you like it to basically be boiled and then you know, look at the look at the oil. 
Whereas, look at the oil. <laughs> find the oil wanting and turn its back on the oil. But In and Out fries somehow meets us in the middle where they're really nice and crispy and and thin for me, but they still taste like potato. Yeah. So Sandra loves and them. And the heavens open and the choir of angels sing. Um, okay. Well, I love that this collection brought us around to In-N-Out fries. <laughs> um, for me, I am going to give this collection, even though, like we said, some of them are that mean stuff. I, I don't like that, but it's okay because it's the characters. The character's an asshole, so it's not that, <laughs> not that big of a deal. I'm still going to give this five TV guides out of five. I'm going to give this book a three out of five. I really enjoyed the stories and I, and I really liked where it was going. Um, there was some stuff that wasn't for me uh, when it came down to it. And I really did want a wrapper around them. And I, that might've just been a, an expectation issue based on having uh, the storage store all be first. Yeah. There was just something I wanted to, if not tie them together, at least create a, a thread through it right um i was very happy and i just got a lot of good vibes and the happy happy halloween feelings from this so thank you everybody i'm sandra i'm scott please keep reading past your bedtime Ready? Yep. Where's my countdown? Oh, now the last two times you went straight into this world. I want my countdown. countdown. And now you want. All right. I want my countdown.